Uh, yeah, Brian, what have you been doing uh, on your on your your grand old birthday on this day? Well, I guess we're gonna dive right into it because I have spent all day uh, promoting a new single that is out today, <laughs> which is uh, it's a very exciting thing for me personally. I was gonna save this till later, but let's just organically do it. Uh, it's from my new kids band, Go Banana Go, and features Flula Borg. Hello. <laughs> and there's we've never done a guest introduction this early in the podcast but uh actually we should introduce ourselves we got reprimanded by i think our second guest for not introducing ourselves this is layton hi that's me the other one's brian yep a mystery guest whose name we already mentioned would you care to introduce yourself oh sure yeah hello Flulaborg. good day to everyone that has ears <laughs> and uh flula where might people know you from uh, I uh, used to, before everything was shut down, shop at the Trader Joe's uh, that is near <laughs> to the Target on Santa Monica Boulevard and La Brea Boulevard. Of course. And that's it. There's no other place. Uh, that's someone... a good one, though. It was nice. Yeah, it was at good. At least it's not the one on Hyperion. Like, Oof. fuck that one. Oh, that's a... You picked the darkest Trader Joe's. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah, that has a dark history. Also, the parking is terrible. It's not good. Yeah, the I've never actually never been to a Trader Joe's with good parking. This is a, a common refrain at this point, I think. But the parking is notoriously bad. It seems they seem to select for that when choosing locations. Very. I, this is this is riveting LA podcast material. <laughs> like, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's around to hear it, does it make it sound? Same with uh, LA podcasters talking about how shitty parking is. Yeah, very uh, true. Uh, Flula, what have you been up to today? Uh, I recently, well, this morning, recreated another piece of art uh, because I have a flawed project, which is Flula Art, where I am taking uh, pieces from museums and then I try to recreation those while I'm quarantined at home. Whoa. Oh, and this was this the one I saw today that got the, what was it, 28% match? Yeah, it was 28%. I think it's because um, it, I was a decapitated head. Uh, it sounds dark. <laughs> if you see the photo, it's it's fine. But the teddy bear was uh, the uh, the lady in the in the in the photo. I think that was what uh, gave me some points. What? Wait, hold on. What is this thing that we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I have begun a flawed project. I always was doing this before, but now because of quarantine, I'm inside doing it deep and nice. Which is, I'm taking photos and paintings from art, and then I try to recreation those at home in a nice, fun, sassy way. They're pretty great. Okay, where can I where can I see this? I need a, a oh visual. yeah, just go to the Instagram uh, Flula. Like you have a flu in Los Angeles, the worst way to remember a name now. But that's how I have told people. Uh, but yes, <laughs> Flula. Oh, wonderful! Is this a, a Judas beheading Holofernes kind of situation? Uh, yes, exactly. Wow, that's yeah. wonderful. That's beautiful. What, what's uh, up next on your docket for uh, recreations there? I want to try to explore um, the Melting Clocks by Dali. Oh that would be nice. yeah. Would you be a clock or one of the figures kind of uh, limping around in the background? Yeah, it looks like in the photo there's like a sleeping zebra in the middle. And I'm like, oh, I'll just be a zebra that's snoozing. But maybe that's not a zebra. It could be a scarf. <laughs> Who knows? If, if you have very long legs, you could be one of the elephants with like spider legs. That's a good pull. Oh, yeah. I like this. Okay, good. You, Writing you could it be down. the crucified Jesus that looks like Abraham Lincoln from a distance. You know. Lots of classics yeah. with Dolly. Okay, yeah. Oh, man, these are nice. Thank you, Leighton. I'm writing this down. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped out of art school. It's my job. Oh, welcome to your new job. 
The, the, <laughs> I have to telling say, telling Flula what to recreate. Flula, the banana one was a personal favorite from recent memory. Ah. Thank you, Brian. Yes, that was very fun. This was the uh, Art Basel banana. That was very fun to do. I had enough yellow outfit costumes to make this work. So uh, that is another limitation. Sometimes you cannot do it so good, and maybe those are the good ones. Who knows? (laughs) Imperfection really breeds creativity. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian, you were talking about your your single that you dropped today with Flula. Would you care to tell the audience a little bit more about that if they've not heard it? Uh, Because it's very good. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, so I started a, a kids band with my friend and producer of Ninja Sex Party and Starbomb, Jim Roach. And, uh, cause we both have pretty young kids and we just like writing silly music for our kids to, to dance around to. And, um, we were lucky enough to have Flula join us in the studio one day to write a song. And what we hit upon was, uh, that he could teach people German. We got Flula to to go through some basic German words and phrases. And uh, and then after we laid those down, we had our kids come into the studio and sing along. So it is, oh it's a fun little bouncy song where Professor Flula teaches people German and our kids are screaming in the background about how they don't understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I hear the German is very accurate and faithful, right? Oh, 100%. Yes. Every word has been translated accurately. Wink, nudge, nudge. Wink, <laughs> wink. Well, as, as a former academic, I, I took a vow of accuracy. And yes. I, I'm just beholden to that. So. That's beautiful. Yes. I can't wait to see the MLA uh, uh, formatting sources on this. <laughs> oh, there were many. Uh, we've, we've had some German speakers already comment on it that... Uh, that it is, I mean, they verified it's, it's just right, which of course we knew <laughs> going in. So yeah, that, we knew the whole time. Yeah. yeah. We didn't need these. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's really, it's, it's, this is actually, this is a, an interesting project for me because this is, this is the first new kind of music project that I've put out there since Starbomb. So in almost God, seven years this is the first like new band, new thing that I've done, and it's totally different. It's uh, you know, it's kid stuff which I've never done before. Uh, I expected a little bit of skepticism from fans because I put up the the trailer for the album, uh, or should I should say, we put up the trailer from the album last week, and everyone was like, "This is a complete joke," and clearly this is going to be some black metal type bullshit that you're trying to lure <laughs> us in and then do a a bait and switch, which. To be fair, is one hundred percent something I would do and yeah. love doing. Uh, but no, this is actually it's like a legit kids album. I play it for for Audrey. Gosh, D- does she love it? She loves it. She wants to hear it all the time. I uh, want the full on like pitchfork breakdown from your five year old. I think that would that, be delightful. You know what? I should ask her to review it and then post it. That's a really good. This is like a viral. Hey, that should be for our Patreon. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, what's the origin of the name Go Banana Go? Actually, coming up with a name for this band was really hard uh, because everything we could think is. of either sucked or could be interpreted as some kind of weird sex thing. And <laughs> uh, like the the leading contender for a while was Mega Banana. And then it was just too dicky. <laughs> yeah. And we had a bunch of other ones. I can't even remember what else we came up with, but it, uh, we had a hard time thinking of a name because everything felt, if you look at kids' bands that are out there, a lot of them are, A, it's like folk music, and it's always like, you know, the the Will Jackson Project or whatever. It's just the name of the person who's who's in it. Ugh. 
So yeah, yeah, and they're not fun. So we wanted something fun, but not too fun, and interesting, but not too weird. It was like this this balancing <laughs> act. This is just the one, the first one. Actually, I think it was something Audrey said. I asked her to come up with band names because I just gave up at some point. And she actually had two that I really, really liked. Check these out. And these were out, out of out of many, but these were the two that re- I really sparked to, neither of which we chose. Um, one was the band that never solved a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean. That's so that's good. Perfect. Right? It's. I think it's a great band name. Uh, it just, it lacks that pithy catchiness that, you know, mm. maybe it, it's very searchable, I guess, but uh, didn't really spark It's, it's to a it. little too like mid 2000s fallout boy song title for 2020 children's band. <laughs> oh, if you think that was mid 2000s, check out her other one, which was the solar system kids, <laughs> which sounds like a moldy peaches ripoff. Like it's oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, and then at wow. some point, yeah. so go banana go was the obvious. Choice. She said something yeah. about a banana going at one point, And I was like, yeah, you know what? Why the hell not? So, yeah, I think there were some other ones, too. It's something about cats. I can't even fucking remember. Uh, Flula, if you had a kid's band, what would you name it? Schnappelbip. Great. See, that's better yeah. than anything. In two seconds, you came up with something better than I did in months. Well, I, my brain is the two-year-old's brain in an adult's <laughs> brain. I just say words. They're not words. It's just why. Why think about everything? Everyone thinks so much. Just stop it. Schnappelbip. It's my band. Done. What does that mean? If that, or does that mean Who something? Knows? I, okay, great. No, these are just letters that have been shoved together. Who cares? It means everything and nothing and, you know. Yeah. Every, everyone exactly. should stop thinking 2020. Well, that's how, that already stopped, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a long time ago. Yeah. But actually, Flula, your, your country has been crushing it recently. Angela Merkel is like doing a great job, right? Like, is really thinking. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I take zero credit. Also, she's a scientist <laughs> by nature. She was a scientist, so, you know, may, maybe a good person to put in charge, you know. Well, very exciting start. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Please edit that. Edit all of this. Yeah, yeah. We often do. Yeah, Yeah. Good. Usually the first 30 minutes ends up being, like, the first just five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> unless it's extended discussions about nipple secretions, which is a oh. thing that has happened. Yeah, yeah that... bonus pod. Well, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't just dive right into some emails, huh? Sorry, Brian. I thought it was just go to my inbox and read emails people have written. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast, not a horror movie. Okay, got it. Okay, All... yeah, okay. I would put Although, it did you see, I, I, I posted about this yesterday, speaking of horror movies, uh, Last night, I'm sitting on the couch reading a book, and Audrey, my five-year-old, walks by me, whispering to herself the following thing. She walks by, and she's whispering, many truths, one truth, many truths, one truth, many truths, one truth. And I was like, Audrey, what are you talking about? And she goes, I wasn't talking. What? It was fucking (laughs) terrifying. It It was... It was the opening of a horror film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. You got to be careful. You're in Act One of a horror movie. Yeah. Don't go anywhere alone. Uh, if you hear a weird noise, stay inside. Uh, maybe have a weapon near you. Keep your eye on your phone. Don't it's let it it's break. like I mean that is something that people in a cult would say, right? One hundred percent. Yes. One truth, many truths. Yeah. Oh, God, what is the one truth? Uh, oh. well, what 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 
in, in response to, to someone, I said the, the many truths are Satan's myriad deceptions, and the one truth is that his reign will soon be upon us. Oh, well, that makes me feel better. Okay, yeah. We're in good hands. Oh, yeah. Good claw-furred <laughs> hands. Do you want to read this one that I highlighted yes. right yeah. here? Would you like it now? Yes, or at your convenience. Okay, <laughs> okay I'll do it. I'm, this is convenient for me now. Okay. John asks, hey, what are some of your late night habits that get you ready to go to sleep? I've always had some trouble sleeping, but I found podcasts and rain sounds help lull me into the sleepy zone. Wow. Thanks, John. We should also say the topic for the email. (laughs) I crawled out of bed at noon today, and it's been a struggle. So... I'm not peak podcasting That's form fine. right now. No, nobody uh, is at the moment. I never am. Literally never am. Um, so on Twitter, we asked people to send us questions and I guess stories uh, regarding weird habits. So that that's that's where all this is coming ah. from. Yes, uh, that we, we should yes. have said and that up front. John, we're learning about the whole podcasting yeah. thing still. We're doing great. I mean, the more the time that I spend time inside, the more I forget how to speak <laughs> to people. I feel like once this, uh, the social distancing thing started, I, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like I changed personalities within about a week. Like I'm, my sleep schedule is totally off. I'm eating differently. I don't even know. Not that I was going out a lot before all this started, but yeah, so my personal habits are totally different, and I can't even point to a real reason why. I don't know. It might have something to do with the global pandemic. Um, Th- that would I be fear the... that I've been yeah. regressing genetically. Uh, I, and I say that because I want the complete sidebar. This podcast is exclusively sidebars. For oh, list, great. So I apologize. Yeah, yeah. And also to John. Um, I watched the movie Altered States last night. Have y'all seen Altered oh, States? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Not in, not in mm-hmm. forever. Uh, it's a 1980 Ken Russell science fiction horror movie. It, yeah, it's a horror movie. that's fair. It's a it's horror like, movie. It's like The Fly, years before The Fly, but what if Brundle instead was taking acid to try to fuck God and then what? turned into a primate, and also it was directed by um, Jodorowsky. Like, it, it's just like psychedelic uh, body horror drug movie i don't know is that a good pitch brian i don't even know if that's a good pitch i just no that's pretty loved it. that's pretty solid well how many i don't think it was that much before the fly though right fly was what 88 and it was 1980 uh or sorry the oh my god States was 1980 oh yeah okay so that's that's that is significantly before i thought it was like 85 the fly was 86 um, i know it was crazy because i was watching it and i was like wow this movie's like really ripping the fly no the fly is ripping altered states oh snap <laughs> uh yeah it's i haven't it, it's been so long since i since i've seen this movie uh probably since college so like i'd say it's it's like psychedelic horror is probably the yeah. closest i'd say which is extremely my shit it's like very trippy uh drug sequences in a very overwrought script mm. that apparently god sorry somebody is messaging me on discord right now and i hate when people want to speak with me um I always get altered states confused with what is the one where aliens are trying to harvest people's like adrenal glands and it's not I come in peace. Fire in it the sky? Is, no, no, no. God damn it. It's this thing so this 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 doctor 
discover like it goes to some other dimension or something like that uh through it's not the adrenal gland it's the uh god what is it? it's some gland in the brain i can't remember mm. which one and discovers through some kind of psychedelic drug that he can communicate with these beings in another plane um and then they like uh want to cross over into our dimension and eat humans brains you, you have no idea what i'm talking about i assume is that correct are you describing a, a nightmare you had once uh god what is that i have to you know i don't want to spend more time i don't even know how to google this but there's some other movie uh, yeah I'm, okay, I'm not going to Google this. I this don't is a bad believe use you. Of podcasting, but it's definitely um, a it's thing. A, just to be sure, uh, it's not uh, the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> it's. I mean, totally it did have Shawshank Morgan Redemption. Freeman and Tim Robbins in it, so okay. it might well. I thought so. Yeah, might well be okay. Cool. Hey, great. Uh, <laughs> Flula, do you ever watch like horror movies or anything like that? We we spend a lot of time on this. From Beyond, it's called ah, from, beyond. from Beyond. That's what yeah. it is. From Beyond. Uh, yeah. I will tell you, no, I do not watch uh, the movies of horror and scary th- things because then my brain thinks they are real and then I'm terrified and then I do not sleep and I enjoy sleep. So I, on- I only mm. watch uh, like haha mo- movies, but I just analyze them. And then I also watch action bang bang movies as well. Good two, good two genres. Uh, when, when you're, what are your favorite uh, funny haha movies? Uh, well, Shawshank Redemption, of course, would be number one. <laughs> <laughs> and then Psycho. Good one. Yeah. Barrel of laughs right Lo- there. Yeah, well, it's an ice chest of laughs out- outside of the motel. But yes. Um, what are your guys' most favorite haha movies? Oh, actually, okay, here's one that I keep coming back to. Uh, the, I believe, 1985 math comedy, Real Genius. Oh, yes. Which is an early Val Kilmer film. Oh. Such a Brian answer. Oh. Wait, can I say something right now? Yes. Val Kilmer and comedies. My favorite comedy film is Top Secret. Do you guys know this one? That is a great film. Yes, of oh, course. Oh man, this one is nice. I highly recommend. well. I I feel like young Val Kilmer, which is exactly that era, real genius and Top Secret, yeah. was amazing. Oh, and then he got like too too famous and started being more serious. Yes, and it really and got into like you know the Top Gun kind of thing. Yeah. And it, he just wasn't as much fun. But early Val Kilmer is like this anarchic kind of energy, which is really, really funny. Uh, so in Flula, have you seen Real Genius? Do you know this film? Yes, yes. Uh, but a Top Secret, I love so much more that I only remember the title of Real Genius, how to spell it, and that Val Kilmer was in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, he's like, so the, the only two people that I, I, I think, you know, actually kept going in film. I'm sure someone's going to correct me on this, but uh, well, actually it has John Grease in a very instrumental role. He's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things. Uh, but it has Val Kilmer as this kind of genius. It, it, it is <laughs> like all of my favorite movies. It takes place in a thinly fictionalized version of Caltech and it uh, stars Val Kilmer as, so his name is Chris Knight and he's this like genius student who came in and worked really hard and then totally burned out and became this like kind of genius slacker. And uh, he, you know, takes nothing seriously and just kind of flounces through life and relies on his intellect to, to solve all these problems. And then his antagonist is William Atherton, also known, uh, you know, been in a million things, 
but the guy who played Peck in Ghostbusters, the EPA agent, yeah. uh, you might know him from that, as well as a million other things. Die Hard. Um, he was the journalist in Die Hard. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. a lot of 80s, uh, you know, character actor type type things. Yes. Uh, and uh, he's the professor that Chris Knight works for. And long story short, like they're building lasers and then they discover they have military applications and, you know, basically sabotage it to blow up a giant, uh, a giant foil ball. And I mean, a giant foil ball radius, probably three or four meters, uh, sorry, diameter, not radius, uh, and fill this guy's house with popcorn. Yeah. And that is the climax of the movie. And just so everyone knows, the radius is is twice the diameter, just so everyone knows. That's correct. Yeah, of okay. course. Okay, yeah, okay. thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Flula, I was watching some of your videos of you uh, helping people with, with their homework. It was really lovely. Ah, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, w- I just f- figure, you know, I know a little bit of the mathematics, so you should share. Sharing is caring, except when it comes to like toots and old cheese. So I thought, why not? <laughs> yeah, your, your explanations of things right. were uh, a lot more useful than they ever were when I was uh, a child struggling with math. Ugh. Uh, well, you know, stay tuned. More, more shall come. You know, everyone is still in the homes, so I will continue to be in the schools. That's great. I love yeah. that. Can I just read you the plot summary of From Beyond? Please. Do it. All right. Now it is eight paragraphs long, but... Let's just dive into this. Dr. Edward Pretorius is a scientist who has developed the Resonator, a machine which allows whoever is within range to see beyond normal perceptible reality. His assistant, Dr. Crawford Tillinghast, Tillinghast? Wow. Wow, I don't know how to pronounce that. Activates the machine and soon sees strange creatures in the air. When he is bitten by one of them, he urges Pretorius to turn the machine off. However, the crazed Pretorius refuses, claiming that the machine's effects on his brain are giving him, quote, an orgasm of the mind, unquote. Events transpire to the point where Crawford escapes Pretorius's attic laboratory with an axe fleeing outside. When the police arrive, they find Pretorius decapitated. Crawford is arrested for a murder. All right, so this, should I keep reading this? I, there was so I, much, that's a, so much that's information a no. That pause there. was a no. <laughs> uh, but the, the tagline of this movie is, humans are such easy prey. And it stars Regina Blees as Bondage Girl. Oh. <laughs> Okay. All right, I'm back in. I'm back in. Um, okay. Oh, and it, it's got well the, the real uh, uh, appeal of this movie is it's got Jeffrey Combs, uh, mm-hmm. aka the Reanimator. Oh shit! Uh, All right, as the star. Okay, I'm so, kind of into yeah. that. Wow. Uh, should anyway. we should we get back? <laughs> should to we actually answer this sweet, question? Oh yeah, yeah. Do what this podcast is for, I guess. Uh, again, the question was, what are some of your late night habits that get you ready to go to sleep? Flula, do you want to? Sure. Yeah, I do two things. I listen to the song German Lessons by Go Banana Go over and over again. And <laughs> then after 55 I highly plays, recommend that. Yeah, yeah. I, you, I get yeah. it on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Apple Music or whatever. And then I just play it. And then I sleep nice, but not after playing it 400 times. And that's it. I like Perfect. that. Okay. Uh, Layden, what about you? I, I take my sleeping and anti-sad medication, and then at a certain point, uh, I smoke some weed, and then there's an intersection point of uh, uh, the line graph of my sleeping medication kicking in, and then the weed that ends with me um, on eBay looking up Soviet-era uh, ephemera, and sometimes Ooh. I wake up and have purchased, you know, powdered milk tube or whatever. That's not a specific thing that I bought, but... 
yeah, that, that's that's how I get ready to go to sleep. Um, the slightly more serious answer is sometimes there are some ASMR videos in there somewhere, and eventually I lose consciousness and drift into a, a night full of surreal nightmares. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I'm jealous. I wonder, uh, it certainly has nothing to do with the content that I constantly put in my brain. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's, that's John, that's my late night <laughs> habit. Brian, what's yours? I just, I, I wish I knew the answer to this. I have terrible sleep habits. I've never successfully been able to go to sleep well. I like, I wish I had habits because that would indicate some degree of, uh, being methodical about going routine. to sleep. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. I've never slept well. Uh, it's, I used to, uh, I got, not to bring math into it again. Bring it. But uh, I used to uh, sleep with a large stack of math or physics books. I used to basically go to sleep reading these, just trying to understand something new, and then would accumulate, it would be a different one kind of every night, just trying to learn something, and uh, would ended up sleeping. This is actually, and this is important to say, this is before I got married. Uh, I would end up waking up on my, futon with a large stack of uh science books uh like right right next to me so that was pretty effective although to be honest i think i was just passing out from exhaustion uh most nights but yeah i i i wish i had a good answer to this i have no habits and that's the problem it's it's different every night and you know and then of course once you have a kid uh, there is always the the constant threat of being woken up by shrieking, mm. which is <laughs> shockingly prevents you from sleeping well, even when no one is shrieking at you. This is true. Just general ambient shrieking. Yeah. The ambient shrieking of a child. Uh, yeah. Uh, sleep hygiene is really, really difficult, especially when you introduce like smartphones into the mix. Like mm. I don't, want to stare at my phone until I go to sleep and do I do that yes absolutely I do yeah me too like I realize intellectually I probably shouldn't be doing it but I do it every night like it's not it's not changing also I refuse to and this is just stupid I refuse to buy a separate alarm clock uh, because it feels like a waste of money when I have a device that has an alarm clock in it even when that device is preventing me from going to sleep to begin with wait do you, yeah, you need I mean, alarm clocks why do you guys need alarm clocks that's right actually I, I mean I do live with someone that wakes up and hurls herself on top of my face every morning. So I don't even need an alarm clock. Yeah. That, oh. That's better than the, like, hardcore ones that shake your bed or, like, roll off the table or whatever. Just full-on 4D, 4D wake-up experience. Flula, do you wake up, like, clockwork the yes. same time every morning? Or Yes, yes of course. Just like Kraftwerk. Yeah, very good band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I will tell you, my other rule is I just, I've now learned since this quarantine time, I don't, it's a phone, I charge in another room, and so I don't see it. Smart. And then I read a book, and just reading, and I'm, I'm gone, I'm away. Just, and it's, that, it's very quick. When you said the reading, I was like, oh yeah, Brian, that's my secret. Other than listening to German lessons, I just read a book, and right. then like, <laughs> in two pages, I'm ready for a snooze. I should do that again, and I just haven't, and I, I, I know I should read, and I'm always in the middle of some like big stupid book, and I just never... I don't know. I feel like I need a break from the book mm. to, to go I to sleep. I need like a designated go to sleep book that I like give just enough of a shit about. I don't know. I have a hard enough time. Like I, I want to read more because I really enjoy reading, but I'm just so 
tired all the time that, you know, it'll be 2 p.m. and I start reading and I'm like, well, looks about time for a nap. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't want to do that. And I think I don't want to train my brain into thinking, oh, reading means you go to sleep even more now because mm. I, have, I have things I'd like to read. Uh, yeah. But I guess that would be preferable to staring at Reddit until 2 a.m. until I eventually can no longer keep my eyes open. I mean, maybe. Who uh, knows? That sounds fun. <laughs> Flula, are you, you... We haven't asked anyone this for a while, Layton. Flula, are you a Reddit person? And if so, what are your subs? What are your subs? Tell me your subs. Uh, so I... I think I know that with Reddit, just like with many things, cocaine uh, and video games, I would become immediately addicted. So I have I have stayed away from Reddit because when I go in, it is I'm in for four hours and I probably five hundred subs I would love. So I I have just avoided it. I have remained ignorant. Uh, but please tell me some subs you you can recommend that I will not check out for fear of addiction. <laughs> Well, th this is actually kind of what I do, too. It's just I have enough things that I stare at that I don't really want to be staring at anyway. So I've done exactly the same thing uh, where I just I can't really get like someone will tell me a sub. Uh, what's it? Oddly. What's that one, Leighton? Oddly, Oddly satisfying. satisfying. Mm. Yes. Uh, and I'll look at it for a day and then be like, I have to stop this because I don't need another fucking thing to check out. Leighton is is the real Reddit expert here, oh. so I'll defer ew, to you. Ew, ew, ew. I'll stop just so nobody calls me a Reddit expert. Our My resident, God. Our resident Redditor, Leighton Knight, uh, Knight, Leighton Gray. Yay. Yeah, that is my Please. Fault. I'm going to legally change yeah. my name to Leighton Knight uh, just for podcasting <laughs> tax write-off reasons. Um, I, I don't know. I've been on Reddit for a decade, man. I hate that website. It's the worst. Uh, I spend too much time okay. on there. <laughs> we all agree. Two of us hate it. Because we don't read it, and the other one hates it because you do. You know, I, yeah. actually, I should say this. I owe to Reddit the beginning of my career, so I should not be so rude. Um, and I, not that I was rude, but I, I made a video, and then literally many years later, somebody uploaded it to Reddit, and it received so many views that I realized, ah, I should perhaps make more things to share with the world. And that was the reason, because someone shared it on Reddit and it, it received views. So thanks, Reddit. I should say really? this. Yeah. Wow. What was the video? That's, it was called uh, Flula in Germany. It was after I was deported uh, back to Germany and I was sad. So I made a techno song about the four things I love about Germany. And then someone shared it. Years later, they shared it and then it received views. Wow. That's so great. Yeah. It's so strange how the internet works like that. Very like strange. It's just this time, time capsule where time also doesn't exist. Yeah. Uh, I want to read. There's a question here that's really appealing to me. And I, I, I'd like, I want your reactions on this. So I'm going to read another question. All right. This is from Jack. They, them pronouns. A partner with he, him pronouns. Hmm. My partner has this habit of, and please bear with me here, licking my armpit. We're cuddling on the couch, and he gives me a little kiss and then just licks my open armpit. He's being silly, and it is kind of funny, but I'm not sure how to ask what deodorant tastes like, and I've been too stunned every time it happens to be like, are we going to address that? Okay, so there's not a question here exactly. I mean, I'd say there's a big question here, actually, but yeah. uh, there's not an explicitly Subtext. written question here. Uh, I would say... Well, okay, I'll take the low-hanging fruit first. 
here's how to ask what deodorant tastes like. You say, what does deodorant taste like? Yeah. And I think that'll pretty much nail that down. Yeah. Here's how to find out what deodorant tastes like. Take a big old chunk out of some deodorant and just. This uh, is bad. Okay, uh, don't do this. This is bad advice. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, go in, go in the um, follow in the footsteps of uh, one shoe nice on YouTube. Uh, just chomp on it. Uh, make a living chomping on deodorant. Are y'all familiar with shoe nice? No, is no. this a new Reddit sub? Reddit sub. <laughs> No, it's a guy who's been on YouTube forever whose just like entire shtick is eating weird things such as an entire oh stick of deodorant or mm. chugging an entire handle of Everclear or whatever like his whole deal what? is to he'll eat Did he anything. really do that? Yes, oh. regularly. Um, Everclear? And- Yes, oh, no. yes. It's and he's alive? Horrifying. Yes. Well, and then there's a Vice, and he's very funny, and just a strange man, and then there's a Vice documentary about him that's just so sad. Um, so highly recommend check out the saga, saga of uh, Shoe Nice. Uh, he's, oh, the, the video of him eating deodorant is uh, pretty great. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't know what level of, like, I feel complicit in encouraging this man's self-destruction because he did get alcohol poisoning and almost die from doing one of his videos. Yeah. But it seems to really spark joy for him. So go with God, I guess. Okay. I can give one recommendation for this person. Um, so he Great. says, uh, first it's a partner gives a little kiss and then licks the armpit. If you would like to know what deodorant tastes like, just ask your partner to reverse the order. So, uh, <laughs> then you will find out. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's a really advice. good point. Yes. Yeah. So the, 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 I should say the what am I what word am I looking for? The intensity of the armpit licking is mm-hmm. left to our imaginations mm-hmm. in this question. I mean, there's a version of this where this guy is going to town on his partner. Oh. There's also a version where it's just like a tiny little lick here and there. Yeah. Either way, oh, I should. I'm hesitant to judge judge other people uh, in what they like or don't like. Yeah. F- yeah. Feels. Feels a little gross to me, personally. Am I a bad person for saying that? We did ask for weird habits. So, you know, maybe we're in a no-judgment zone. Um, this one is strange, but not the strangest thing I've ever witnessed. You know, there's, there's a level of, like, oh, acceptance it's... of your partner here. Of, wow, your partner accepts you so much that they will, like, arguably one of the gross- grosser part- parts of your body. Uh, mm. Just for funsies, for kicks. So I, I mean, know, if we that's, listed that's gross body parts, this mm. would easily be in the top 10. Yeah. Can we all agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Great. Yes. Yeah, it's a strange... I mean, it, and it's it's interesting, too, because uh, how often on this show do, do we devolve into talking about fetishes? Uh, but th- there are people who just really enjoy eyeball licking. Mm. What? Yeah. Oh, it's what? a thing. No, talk... Yes. Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Flula, this is something you are familiar with or not? Because well, I've never heard of this. I know it's fair to ask as a German if I am familiar with this. No, uh, I do not know it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know what to tell you. It's absolutely a thing. Hold on. Don't um, Google that. I'm I'm just um I'm just saying. <laughs> I love one yeah. of the first thing that comes up is licking eyeballs may cause viral conjunctivitis. Oh. Really? Well, yeah. <laughs> this this it seems especially horrific n- now. Um oh, yeah. but 
I'm yeah. not I'm not googling it. There, there's to. a lot of like art uh, about yeah. Maybe don't look at the Google images for that okay. if that sounds like no. a thing that you don't want to see. Yeah, I do not. Great. What's the? It reminds me of the um, what's the film Ocean Andalou, right? With the oh yeah yeah, yeah. classic the razor cutting the eyeball. The famous <laughs> was it du, yes du, Duchamp. Is that right? It's Marcel Duchamp. Uh, is that right? It might be. I'm it's not like sure. Dali. Feel... We're getting back to Dali. Oh. Isn't it like yeah, Dali and Duchamp? I feel Duchamp like a, a, those... a, a, a fake uh, film bro right now because I reference that all the time. It's so, sorry, not Another it, great comedy. Not Ernest Goes to Jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Dali. Oh, sorry. It okay. is Dali. Okay. Got it. Who also directed Ernest Goes to Jail. He did, which weird, but yes, yeah, same person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we I, I, I don't think we have any advice to give on this question. It's just like, okay, yeah. This is going to be a shorter episode, I think. That's fine. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, how, how much easier. do people pay? What do people pay for your episodes? <laughs> yeah, It's a sliding scale of okay. nothing to, okay. if they decide to find us and pay us cash in person, okay. they can do that. Got it. Okay, cool, cool. Just checking. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Uh, These you get what you pay for here, which yeah. is nothing. although we're about to start a Patreon, and so some people are actually about to start paying. Oh, segue! Right? This feels yeah. like a great episode to tell people to start giving us money. Hey, you enjoy this episode? That's half of us being like, "Wow, this sucks." <laughs> Give us money. <laughs> Sign me uh, up. Can we say anything about that right now, Layton, or should we? I mean, on that till later. Let, let's. It's we've it, there will be a Patreon soon so that you may give us dollars in exchange for goods and services, um, but it's not ready yet. So there you go. Mm, yeah. Wow. Great. Cool. Hey, do you like horror movies? Are you stuck at home right now just waiting to get funny games or perhaps The Strangers? Duh. Well, have we got the thing for you. In honor of our upcoming horror history series, Deep Cuts, hosted by yours truly, we've partnered with Shudder to bring y'all a special offer. Late night listeners, that means you, can get an extended 14-day free trial for Shudder and access to their full library of amazing horror movies. All you have to do is go to Shudder.com slash signup, that's S-H-U-D-D-E-R, and enter promo code DEEPCUTS. For people who don't listen to Late Night and are thus not cool, they only get seven days. Late Night listeners get 14. That's two weeks of horror content. And if that's not a peach, I don't know what is. So now that you have no excuse, I am simply demanding that you watch some great horror movies, such as Audition, Ginger Snaps, In the Mouth of Madness, Tetsuo the Iron Man, The Taking of Deborah Logan, The Love Witch, Knife and Heart, Revenge, literally all of the Friday the 13th movies, Dogtooth, Neroi the Curse, The Exorcist 3, A Tale of Two Sisters, and so many more that I couldn't possibly list them all, but they're very good. So scoot on over there with promo code DEEPCUTS, and let's get spooky. Or else. Yeah, so we're we're also going to dip into some of the questions that we did not answer last week uh, on Rachel's episode. Uh, that's that's Rachel Wecht, Brian's wife, who is wonderful. Um, and uh, the topic last week was gray areas. So there. Were By the way, I feel. To... Hold on, before you before we read that question, I have to say I feel so bad because 
so far, that's the only episode I haven't aggressively promoted on my social feeds, and it makes me feel like a bad person. Oh, oh. Yeah. She, I mean, I, what, I did What's it a Rachel's bit, take on that? She, I don't think she knows. Hmm. And it's not because I didn't love the episode. I did love the episode. I just kind of, I've been pushing the promotion that I've been doing later and later to kind of stagger it out a little bit. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Well, the good, me nice... the good news is that she doesn't follow you on anything and she doesn't listen to this show. So I think, I think you're fine. Yeah. Other than you yeah. bearing the weight of your own personal guilt. Yeah. She has, I would say, palpable disdain for all of my creative output. Oh, that's as it should great. be. Yes. Yeah. The perfect part. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> And and you don't edit any of this. This all of this we are saying right now will be in the episode, of course. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, Obviously. just the the only um, part I'm going to keep in is the part you saying all of this will be in the episode. Of course. But the yeah. thirty seconds before that, nothing will be cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got yeah, it. Okay. Great. Great. Perfect. Um. So, Flula, you mentioned that um, with when you're watching comedies that you sort of like to analyze them uh, for the humor. And I'm curious, like, what your approach to that is, what you think, um, sort of like some really fine, maybe not your favorite, but like some finely crafted comedy stuff that you've seen. Just curious to hear about that. Oh, sure. I mean, I think... I think I'm an idiot. And so the funny things to me are not <laughs> what everyone thinks is brilliant. Like I was just watching The Naked Gun and my favorite m- movie moment that I've seen in the last five years was watching it. And Frank Drebin is speaking to a very tall man and he says, hey, you have something oh, yes. on your mouth. He said, and, and he's like, no, the other side. And then half a banana just falls on a table. <laughs> and that's, I, have you seen Police Squad? You yes, know, the, the yes, TV yes. show? Yeah. So that, what is that character's name? Al? I think it's Al. Uh, oh, yeah, I a, think so, know, yes. The recurring, the recurring bit with that is so good. Yeah, but it's just stupid. And that to me is what is very funny. It's when everyone is like, look how clever I am. Oh, ho, ho, Rembrandt. I don't care. Not funny. I <laughs> just <laughs> I just want a banana in a tall man's mouth to fall on a table. That's really great. What I remember about that bit, too, is that the banana has this audible squishiness oh. when well, it falls, They too. just look it's at just the banana. It's really gross. They just stare at it. Yeah. It falls, and they, everyone just looks at this banana, <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's what happens. It's my favorite. Yeah, it's so, yeah I, I truly think that the so dumber good. the comedy is, the funnier it is. I mean, it's very much like, I, I feel like everything comedically I like is just like the... Um, the Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob is stepping on the rakes for a oh, very long period of time. Very and good. it's very yes. funny and then it stops being funny and then it loops back around and it's yes. fucking hilarious. Yes. Like that's exactly where I want all of my comedy to live. I agree. I love that so very much. Like I've definitely that's mentioned what's great about... Sorry, Sorry, go ahead. I've definitely mentioned it on the show before, but like my favorite comedy is uh, Hot Rod with Andy Samberg and Bill Hader and all those folks, just because it's like so committed to being as dumb as possible. And it just, I've seen it so many times and it kills me every single time. I will watch well, it. The, I've never seen uh, it. I think you would Naked like it. Naked Gun is, it's a, that's a, it's a Zucker, Abraham Zucker, which is top secret too, right? That That's correct. Yeah. It's a Zass movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 This, yeah, all, all all of their stuff from from the eighties, and I guess it was Naked Gun late eighties or early nineties. I can't remember, but Top uh, Secret late eighties. Yeah, uh, 
yeah, uh, top secret airplane, all that stuff is. And I, I remember going to see, uh, or I should say, renting Kentucky Fried Movie when I was way too young for it in the eighties. Have you seen that, either of you? I have not. No, as a child, I was told there are some breasts, so I didn't see it. Mm. Well, Flula, I can confirm that there are breasts. Okay, and it's it's one of the mo- uh, reasons as a as a young man I enjoyed that movie because it was like I don't know why my parents were uh, far too I shouldn't say far too permissive by society standards very permissive when it came to comedy. I mean, my one of my seminal memories is them taking me and my sister to see George Carlin when I was 11, I think, um, at perform wow. at a local college. And so I would, my sister would have been nine at the time. And it was like, why did they do that? I mean, it was, it was huge. I, they play Carlin for us in the car and stuff. And, uh, I, I loved him, but I would not take my 11 year old to see George Carlin. Like this. It was a college show. It got pretty raunchy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And my parents were not like libertines either. They were, you know, fairly conservative when it came to a lot of that stuff. But for whatever reason, when it came to comedy, I remember them. We went to see Emo Phillips at Caroline's in New York when I was 12 or 13. And that dude, do you guys know Emo? No, I do not. Not super familiar. Oh, my God. He is like one of the the all-time great uh joke writer comedians he has this weird kind of delivery it's very kind of spacey and uh he just has these one-liners that are uh that are just perfect i I guess your very early exposure to that makes so much sense uh in regards to your body of work yeah totally it checks all that like 80s comedy stuff you know weird al uh emo a lot of the the weird stand-ups i remember those young comedian specials that were on hbo in the 80s where like seinfeld and all the you know people of that generation kind of got their start were just really yeah. really instrumental to me yeah but none more so than weird al like yeah just, of yeah. course flula what were some of your like really early comedic influences Oh, I mean, I still don't understand comedy or what it is or how it works. But Oh, nobody does. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, if you ask me name comedies, I would say Die Hard, for sure. Lethal Weapon 2, um, <laughs> absolutely. You know, these are things that... And, but then also things that maybe are some haha, but maybe not, like Goonies. I love the Goonies very much was, yes. a, was a thing that I yes. did like. Yeah, and then in Germany, we have Loriot. It sounds French, but he's just a comedian man who doesn't smile, which I know that doesn't narrow it down in my country. But uh, <laughs> he was very great. Uh, and so I liked uh, those kinds of things very much. And then American comedies, like, I don't know, uh, you know, Saturday Night Live of the Things was a fun time, you know, things like this. But who knows? Really, Die Hard is still the best one. Yeah, Die Hard is, is actually funny, though, right? I oh. mean, it, like, there, there's, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's an action comedy, really. Oh, when, when the, the police officers are trying to go into the Nakatomi building and then one of them hits uh, some, some stinging nettles and he's like, ouch. It was just, <laughs> it was really great. Layton, uh, what about you as a kid? And you oh. bear in mind, so you are much younger than, than at least I am. Then, so I'm very curious what this is for you. Oh, in terms of like early comedic influences? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know, like super basic comedy person answer. And I think that we talked about this on the episode with Jory, but like Monty Python, big time. Um, I guess I was a child sort of in that like uh, pre like Michael Schur explosion of American sitcoms. So like The Office mm-hmm. and 30 Rock, as I've mentioned before, were like very, very influential to my own like joke writing, um, which I think are in like Arrested Development too, for sure. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I consumed so much comedy stuff and it has fallen out of my brain. Uh, my, my dad and I would listen to stand-up comedy a lot, which was always like a mixed bag in terms of sort of like that appropriateness level. Um, yeah. but, you know, I really loved... Uh, I'm I'm so glad to see John Mulaney so big right now because when I was a kid, I fucking loved John Mulaney and nobody mm. had heard, it, heard of him. Um, same with... The fact uh, that someone can, can refer to listening to John Mulaney when they were a kid blows my mind yeah like yes. that is i know that is a, a generational baby. difference i know yeah i really loved mitch hedberg i mean obviously um really loved dimitri martin too which have we talked about this uh his show important things with dimitri martin yeah because we talked about the clown the clown right? bit yeah, yeah everybody i'm pretty sure it's on vimeo there's a sketch from important things with dimitri martin uh i think it's just called the clown that's maybe like one of my favorite sketches ever um, it's about a, a near-death experiences uh, support group, and it's also about clowns. So it's really perfect in every way. Um, <laughs> I have found yeah, it. I, don't I know. will look. Yeah. The two, actually, two that I was just thinking about recently, uh, because a thing happened today, uh, these guys were, it, it's all people that when I was in college were maybe five-ish years older than I am, maybe a little bit more were the state and kids in the hall for me. Mm. Uh like I remember a thing of those are the the cool kids, um, and the state actually just today put out a uh, a zoomified version of Porcupine Racetrack, which is, you know, probably something that ninety nine point nine percent of the world has never even heard of, and then the other point one percent is a huge fan of. So look up Porcupine Racetrack if you don't know what that is. It's they're both the original and the updated wow. version or the more recent version. Yeah. Well, it's, basically, it's a musical about a porcupine racetrack. You should know, oh. Brian, I typed in porcupine without the E, and the second suggestion was porcupine racetrack, number two, right away. Cultural really? influence. Wow. Right there. Uh, I, uh, I also wonder uh, if, uh, if that's because of the thing today. So basically, they all called in. You know, and these guys are all, they're probably around 50 or so right now. Um, and they all called in, so you can see what everybody looks like. And some people are still in the public eye, obviously. Uh, and some people are, are less so. And so it was really cool to see, you know, all these, all these people, uh, as they currently look, mm. recreate this thing in, in a good way. And it did not feel sad or like, oh, God, <laughs> why are they doing this? Oh, no, which a lot of those things do. Yes. Uh, but this one felt legitimately, like, joyful and fun and, and great. Nice. Great. Uh, all right. So, so speaking of that, why don't we move into the, the next segment, which is called... What's poppin'? And here is the theme song. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? All right, Flula. Wow. What did you think about that theme song? What a hot track. Uh, I immediately urinated not only on myself, but also on my desk and on my sleeping neighbor, Roger, who uh, is outside. So I just ran outside and urinated on Roger's forehead because of this wonderful song that you have just played. Perfect. Yeah. Layton, 
Would you care to react to how well that bit went? No. <laughs> okay, great. I refuse. See, Le- Leighton feels like it's aggressive for me to do that and why? then not play anything. Oh, I love it. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's okay, my question. because I don't know Flula why. was ready. Like 50, not even 50% of the time. I didn't tell him I was going to do it. I didn't tell him that he did. He, I mean, he was no more ready than anyone else. Flula knows how to fucking yes and. He did it perfectly. And I think the only other person who has really truly run with it was uh, um, Sung, I believe, who told you that it fucking sucked. Sung was wrong, number one. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. So, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I also agree. It's a very good theme song that yeah. I watched you write. And then I'm also very fond of. I just na- Now I'm also doubling down as part of the bit. So, mm. I hate it. Oh, nice. Anyway, Flula, <laughs> What's Poppin' is the segment where we share uh, what kind of pop culture media stuff that we've been into lately. To use a word that Brian hates, uh, content. Mm. You know, just, just what content you're into. Oh, me right now, I tell you? Yeah. Great. Yeah, sure. Yeah, books. We demand it. Books. Any specific? Yeah, the ones with words. Good, yeah. good choice. Yeah. That does narrow it down. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, when I read a book, I don't feel sad. When I look at a computer or internet or anything, it begins nice, and then usually, after some time, I become sad. <laughs> this is such <laughs> an good, accurate yes. assessment. Yeah. yeah. With a book, I just get I, tired or hungry, and I can address both of these issues very easily. I saw someone on Twitter last week use the phrase doom scrolling to describe mm. the process of reading until you get sad. Yeah. And I thought it was, I've never heard this word. I don't know. I can't even remember who said it, but it was the perfect uh, encapsulation of what I think many of us do when we're looking at the computer, which is, oh, this is distracting. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Oh God. Now I want to die. Yeah. I, well, but, yeah, it's an, yeah. it's an adaptive or excuse me, a maladaptive response uh, to a feeling of emptiness. And you're like, OK, got to got to find uh, something to, to get my hooks into. And then it gets its hooks into you. And then you're mad about something. The, the dumbest thing you could possibly be mad about, like someone writing about how they haven't watched There Will Be Blood, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen on, happen on Twitter. And every day, it's just the new dumbest thing I've ever seen happen on Twitter. And you think it will get worse. And then it continues to. So that's my problem for continually feeding that wolf. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I can tell you too. I'm a German person. Yes. Hello. Spoils alert. Um, and I, this month, decided I want to read up to 600 pages in the book The Goldfinch by Donna Tort. And so I have done it. I have read this book. But it was very, it was longer than this. It was very fun and exciting. But even after ten pages, I can go to my little board where I have a coloring color chart, and I can color inside. Look, ten more pages I have read of this book. Yay, hooray! And then I sleep and have a snack. What is this book? I've never heard of this book. Tell me, tell us about this book. Oh, it's about uh, so the goldfinch. It won. I like to try to read things that have won some awards, so someone before can tell me, hey, this was not terrible. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. some, some people liked it. It's a book about a very famous painting of a goldfinch, and it is a fictional a story about this uh, painting and what happens. I don't want to give it away, but it is many, when, in many ways about the painting and an adventure it has with, some, with a boy. That's cool. it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds cool. It, se- it seems like everyone yeah. hated the movie that got made, and oh. I did not know that there was a movie about it. Same as it well, like, yes. Oh. I've heard the movie is not good. And as I was reading it, I was like, I don't think this will be a good movie. And so yeah, I, I, I guess I, I really appreciate a book that you just know you couldn't adapt, and it would be foolish to try. That sounds fun. Yeah. 
Uh, is there anything else that you've been reading lately? <laughs> yes, I've been reading the third part of the Edmund Morris uh, Theodore Roosevelt trilogy, uh, which is also very exciting because I get to read about how crazy and insane this man was, who was also a genius, but not a bad person. Such such a rare combination. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah. to switch it. Fiction, nonfiction. Let's switch it up. Get back and forth, you know? Cool. Yeah. What's your favorite book? Who, me? Yeah. Oh, I don't have those. I don't, I'm not good with favorites except for Die Hard is the best uh, action film of all time. But other than this, I don't really know what is. It's like, if you say, like, what is my favorite band? I would say, go, banana, go, followed by Ninja Sex Party, followed by <laughs> Star Bomb, followed by Whitney These are good Houston. answers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I don't have favorites. I just have things I'm interested in at a given time. Yeah. And then things that I keep revisiting, which is a long list of stuff that I keep coming back to. But I, it's very hard for me to pick, like, the music, book, art, whatever that I love the most. I I, I can't successfully do it. Wait, but It's, like, not a quantifiable thing. Do you have it, Layton, a, a, a favorite book currently that you uh, like? No. Oh. So it's kind of bullshit of me to ask people. But, oh, okay. I, again, it's, like, people's interpretation of what favorite means because yeah. some people take that as, like, oh, objectively best, the thing that I keep going back to, the thing that I recently mm. love, like... Whatever. It's mostly just a. I like hearing people talk about things that they really like and are passionate about. Yes. I, I don't think I could name a favorite book. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm relieved actually because I did not know as well. <laughs> Takes the pressure off. You could have given me any answer and I would have accepted it. Oh. Other than the answer that you gave, which o was nothing. Which was bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Layton, what's popping? The other night, I watched an incredible film. It was a magical film. It was just a, a wonderful, incredible, magical film called Vampire's Kiss, starring mm. Nicolas Cage. Oh, the Nicolas Cage, yeah. Which I've been meaning to watch forever. Uh, you know, we, we've all seen the YouTube video, Nicolas Cage Loses His Shit. Mm. When I was in high school, I would quote that entire video with my friends on the bus. Everybody loved it. Um, but nothing, nothing prepares you for that film. Um, and it surely didn't prepare me for that movie to turn out to actually be really fucking good. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's uh, a classic. Yeah. Nicolas Cage giving arguably the greatest performance of all time. Like that man commits so hard. Um, I don't, I really don't know what else to say about it other than it's like American psych. I tweeted this already, so I hate to reuse a joke that I already wrote, but, uh, uh, no, I don't. I do that all the time. Do it. Um, it's like Ameri American Psycho, but if uh, uh, Patrick Bateman was Nicolas Cage in a vampire himboification narrative, it's perfect. It's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. I always great. used to get that and Once Bitten confused. Are you familiar with uh, Once Bitten? Yeah, they're they're both like they're sexy roughly around lady. the same time. Yeah, sexy vampire lady. Once Bitten is a very early Jim Carrey movie oh my god it's a jim carrey uh, oh. yeah it has baby jim carrey in it that's wild baby jim carrey yep um and those because anything being a tender uh sold young man anything with vampires or scary stuff was terrifying to me as a as a young person and so i watched once bitten and couldn't quite handle it uh, when I was a child, because Isn't that a the comedy? idea of vampires, yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, <laughs> yes, but it it has vampires in it, but right, very scary. There's a, there's a straight line between vampires and undeath and to death that mm. 
when you're prone to voraciously overthinking things, as I was and am, uh, yeah. you know, the moment you open that door, it's a hard thing to, to shut. So, yes, even a 1980s sex comedy where a hot vampire lady has to bite Jim Carrey's inner thigh, like that was part of the movie. She had to Whoa. drink blood from Jim Carrey's inner thigh for whatever reason uh, was too much for me to handle. I This is probably going to be the least surprising information to you, but uh, I, I've been on this from an early age. When I was in kindergarten, I had to get pulled aside and seriously spoken to by the teachers because uh, I would not stop talking about vampires and how my imaginary friend was a vampire who could turn into a bat and just like chilled in the corner of the room. And they asked me to stop because it was stick scaring the other children and making them cry. Um, wow. This is how old? This is like kindergarten? Kindergarten, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, I remember in last year and when Audrey was in preschool, you know, at, at the age of four, there was a very big debate going on in the classroom <laughs> over whether or not bats were real. <laughs> and this was, I mean, like we got asked a lot and the classroom had split into two camps of four-year-olds, some of whom knew bats were real because they had seen them. And the other of whom thought, no, you know, bats turn into vampires and vampires aren't real. So bats can't be real because bats are the same kind of thing as vampires, ghosts, mummies, werewolves, all that other stuff. So we got asked several times if bats were real. Wow. So are are bats real? Bats are real. They are real. Oh, okay. Mm. (laughs) That's just science. I don't don't know about that one, Brian. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look into it. Thank you. Thank you. As a member of the scientific community, I thank you. Yeah. For your yeah. generous contributions to worldwide <laughs> knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge. You um, know what? You're welcome. Wait, <laughs> may, I, may I ask a question for no reason? Of course. Um, yeah. Brian, you had mentioned you are prone to uh, thinking too much. You think many times, overthinking. Um, Indeed, how yeah. do you combat? What is your combat for this? How do you fight this? I wish I knew. Like, it's it's something that I have never really figured out how to deal with um and you know i i I wouldn't say it gets me into trouble too much although i do occasionally go into anxiety spirals but i don't know honestly actually okay i do have one thing that i can do that turns my brain off which is writing music Hmm. and then i can just go into that mode and write or play the piano or whatever and then just kind of get into a flow state with that and then turn off the other stuff. But then I'm overthinking the music. But so it's not quite turning the brain off, but it is a, it's a useful redirection. The energy. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So that's the only thing I've ever really found. I, I've tried like exercising with that, and it doesn't to me there's so little going on mentally while you're exercising that it to me that doesn't help. Mm. Like mm. it actually frees up more mental energy while you're just running or whatever to have the brain kind of spiral uh, uh, around. Right. Are, are, are all no. three of us big overthinkers here? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't... I Well, my question really is, you know, 
I have sometimes when I cannot make an action because I'm thinking too many times and I don't, I don't know how to just do the action a little bit. And that is very annoying to me. So I am, I'm asking yeah. a from a curious place of how to just, because both of you feel like a prolific peoples, you know, you're making a tweet, you're making a podcast, you're making a doo-doo, whatever, <laughs> you know, this is, the, but some people, you know, it's difficult. Um, I think I, because of the overthinking, I very compulsively make things just to, uh, bad thoughts can't catch me if I keep running faster, uh, but they always mm. do. Uh, a thing that helps me in terms of like the, uh, I, I believe the word for what you're talking about is executive dysfunction. Like you talk mm. about it in regards to mental illness or like ADHD and stuff where it's also, like, yeah, you, the, I mean, the th isn't that what America has right I now? I thought so too. <laughs> I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Got it. Um, got him. Uh, but but yeah, it's totally like you just get into the thought loop that actually prevents you from doing the thing. Um, mm. But I think your brain will always be able to talk itself out of or into a situation. And the thing that helps me is just like telling myself uh, action precedes motivation. Like you're you're going to have to do it at some point. Like thinking about it will not make it go away. Yeah, it will only make totally. you feel like shit. So just go do the thing. I say this. I have a... My kitchen is a fucking hovel right now. I have so many dishes I have to do. I have to do laundry. Like, my place is a shithole, and I keep being like, oh, I really should do something about that. Uh, I've really stressed out about it. And it's like, well, there's a solution, dummy. You can hmm. you can just solve this problem yourself. Um, and then another thing is, uh, th this is one that my therapist always used to tell me to do, that I varying degrees of success on this one but like the technique of thought stopping where if you catch yourself overthinking you just imagine a stop sign and you just say stop and you just you don't let the thought continue just like every time it pops up you start saying stop hmm. and i guess the logic behind and that, that works. is like yeah i mean it's the cognitive behavioral therapy of uh hmm. you know you're retraining your brain so like the first 200 times you do it you're gonna feel like an idiot and it's not gonna work and then eventually it'll just be the automatic response of your brain um, and yeah, for me, yeah. this does, it does not work for me. I will say that it doesn't work for me. Um, but I still try to do it. And I always imagine that picture of a uh, Jack Black holding a stop sign. You know, the one makes it a little bit Googling more fun. Now. Although I can imagine, you know, I, I have to say it doesn't take a lot of imagination to picture Jack Black holding a stop sign. So I think I get well, the it's idea. A really, it's a really good image. And I feel that it's important that you see it. I just dropped it in the chat. That's very good. Oh, yep. Okay, yeah. got it. I would stop. And you know what? I said it doesn't take a lot of imagination to imagine it. This is nothing like what I imagined. In full really? Honesty. What were you imagining? Paint us a picture. Very dark-haired Jack Black in the woods mm. holding a stop sign. <laughs> in the woods. That That's tells what a I was story. Picturing. In the woods. Yep. <laughs> Just like in the middle of a forest glen. Yeah. Holding up a big red stop sign. Where there is no traffic. Yeah, indeed. There's no traffic, no roads. Mm. I like um, this. Not this thing that looks like it's from Sesame Street. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is from Sesame Street. Also, he's blonde? Question mark? This is the not the right font for a stop sign. That's what's really bugging me. I agree with this. Yes. About this. Yeah. This is why would they do that? That's an easy thing to get the font. Wait, so you have right. a problem with the, the font, but not the size of the stop sign? That's clearly not regulation size stop sign. It's not even on metal. That's a wooden stick. It's a popsicle stick. Yeah. Yeah. This image is bullshit, yeah. actually. Just do the overthinking. Don't think of this image. Okay. Okay. Well, actually, analyzing this image's problems has is a great way to stop thinking about other stuff. Uh, this is true. 
You know, I think another thing is uh, I've this is another thing that I'm going to recommend, but do not actually follow or follow to a limited degree. But uh, meditation is a valuable skill that I, I'm sure everyone is sick of being told to try meditation. But when it works, it genuinely works. It's just such a hard discipline based thing uh, of just being like, you know what? I will accept that I'm going to have thoughts, but I just need to be like, I'll think about it later. For now, I'm going to choose to think about nothing. Um, yeah. Which is, t you're constantly thinking about things, and I think yeah. looking at your phone constantly and just constantly consuming content is really bad for you, and that your brain needs to shut up sometimes, and when you're sleeping, your brain absolutely does not shut up, thus why meditation is important, because your brain needs a little, little, little uh, rest. Yeah. This makes sense. I cool. like that you hate meditation. I, my sense is, oh, she hates it, as you're describing it, <laughs> which I liked. It just... <laughs> Well, I I hate it and I hate to do it. I mean, it's like exercising or stretching or whatever where it's like, ah, I know it's good for me or whatever. I just don't want to do it. So I'm going to do it and just be mad about it the whole time. Perfect. I like it. Um, Brian, Brian what's popping? I am. Actually, I'm going to repeat something I've said before because I'm you. back into it. Uh, I think I said this on our first episode. So there's this six-volume 3,600-page semi-autobiographical novel series from this Norwegian guy, Karlo Vagnausgaard, called <laughs> My Struggle, which, yes, that's the Hitler. Yeah, I was going to have, I already well. have issues. Okay. Yes, uh, but that's intentional. Okay. Um, and he, like, that's the point, is it's this it's very, very detailed, like, so detailed that any description of it makes it sound horrible. Uh, description of this guy's life in different phases of his life. Uh, so he will describe down to the minutest action, including what's going on in his mind, everything he does for an extended period of time. Like th no stone is left unturned there's pages upon pages of just delving into this guy's brain followed by pages of pages upon uh, of like w him just walking down some street. It sounds awful. It's really, really great. And this guy is, he's kind of an asshole. He's definitely, he's, so he's a writer and uh, it, it, the character in the book is basically him. Um, and I finally, they were translated. There was a huge hit in Norway, hmm. uh, and they were very slowly translated into English. So I think the first book came out like 10 years ago or so. Uh, and the sixth volume came out last year, and it's 1,200 pages. And after, you know, kind of spacing these out, in part to wait for this sixth volume to be published, I finally started reading volume six of My Struggle by Nausgaard. And... It's it's great. Like it's you know it, it, it this one takes place. So he just kind of wrote and didn't stop. And so this one takes place while the first volume is being published, and it's really really long. And some of his family members, because he talks about very personal stuff, some of his family members are reacting to the first volume, and they're mad that their lives are on display, and it's. <sighs> It's really, really well written. Now, I've been told that this is by any... I'm only like 200 pages into it. Again, that's 
less than a sixth of the way through. Uh, I've been told that it gets pretty rough towards the middle and in fact is a bit bloated and uh, is widely agreed to be the worst volume of the six book uh, cycle. But I got to fit like I made it this far. I can't not finish it now. Yeah. So, so far it's great. I don't know what's going to happen in, you know, in a few hundred pages, but uh, these books were a huge hit in Norway. I forget the statistic. It's like, you know, one out, of, one out of every five Norwegians has a copy or something. They were just this monstrous sensation, including internationally as well. And I'm finally about to finish it. So uh, I also, I, I just love, you know, this guy's a, he's a depressed Norwegian who lives in Sweden and hates Swedes. So it's pretty great. Uh, so and that's what I'm reading. Just right one question. Are you saying the word mouth guard with a German accent? Is that <laughs> yes? You know that that that's pretty close. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. It's K N A U S G A with a little circle over it, uh, or maybe two A's, as I say. R D Knausgard. Oh, that's the name of Baloney in Norway. Yeah, <laughs> Carl of a mouth guard is actually that's a that's a good Twitter handle. I like this. <laughs> So, yeah, that'll be your I'm dummy right your now. dummy account that you just create to hype up uh, Go Banana Go. Like you'll become Go yeah, Banana Go's right. reply guy. Oh man, because everybody loves these like very pretentious Norwegian writers, especially children. Yes, oh Always yes, they're their favorite. Yeah, like half this guy, half the stuff he writes is about Scandinavian writers I've never heard of, and he will describe in minute detail their style of writing, and I've heard of actually none of them. And I'm not, I think most of them have not been translated into English either. So they're all, most of them Norwegian, some of them Swedish. But uh, he talked, you know, these people are like his gods. And I have no idea what the fuck is going on. That's what's so great about it. Wait, so. I mean, that's, that's. Go, go, go Leighton, no, go. Oh, uh, I was going to say that, hey, that's like the children's band. Um, <laughs> no, I forgot what I was going to say because that <laughs> joke was too good. Go ahead, Flula, it doesn't matter. Oh, well, nothing matters. Uh, but I, I was going to ask, True. so, uh, okay, Brian, when you encounter these things in a book, do you try to research those things to understand them more? Or do you say, screw it, I will continue to read? Well, it's the kind of thing where initially I did. I was like, oh, I have to look up Jan Fosik, who's some writer that this guy idolizes. And I look him up. And then on the next page, there's five more writers. Yeah. And half their book titles... The, the, obviously, the the this the book I'm reading has been translated into English, but their book titles have not. Mm. And so I tried to do a little due diligence and be like, so this this guy describes, you know, this mid 20th century Norwegian writer as if he's the best thing to ever happen. And then I tried to do a little bit of digging, and because it's all in Norwegian, a lot of it is just unsuccessful. So at some point, I decided to give up and just let it wash over me. Okay. Yeah. But my, my default is to look into it more because, he, you know, the, guy's a, the guy I'm reading is a good writer. And if he is interested in this person, oh, sure, I'll, I'll check that book out. None, as far as I can tell, none of the books he discusses have actually been translated to English. And I don't know if this makes me a bad person. I'm not going to learn Norwegian <laughs> just to read this one book. Yeah, yeah, no, Brian, it does. you're canceled. I can't, yeah, be- I can't believe you would... You're going to read a book and you're not yeah. going to look up every single mention of something. Yeah. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> a large list of Scandinavian names, which I can't even remember. Yeah. 
fucked up of you to not even remember them. I mean, what the hell, Brian? Wow. Um, yeah. All right. Sh- shall uh, we move into our final yes. segment? Yes. Do you want to explain this? Sure. So, Fula, uh, we end every episode with this emotional check-in that's based on um, this thing that my lovely aunt and uncle do with our uh, with my nieces every night at dinner, where they go around the table. Uh, it's called Peaches and Lemons. Peaches and Lemons. Where they share one lemon, which is kind of like a, a bummer that happened during the day uh, or something that they're uh, not happy about or whatever else. And then they do one. I learned this recently. They only do one peach, which is like something they're excited about or grateful for. Um, and so we have a stolen and adapted and are, um, you know, under litigation for stealing this uh, where we go around and we each share um, three peaches. And we normally do lemons, but ever since uh, everything we no longer do lemons because <laughs> there are too many lemons right now. Yeah. So we will go around in a circle, a virtual circle, and each share three peaches. Oh, I like and it. And also we can let you think about it for a little bit because we – Sure. We, Brian, yeah. we have to warn people. <laughs> I did. I texted did. him. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm prepared, yeah. but I'm happy to go last like a caboose. Uh, I'll go first then because Yeah, I... go for it. All right. Well, we already talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again. Flula and I have a song out, and I love it. And uh, we put it out today. It's German Lessons by Go Banana Go. We've referenced it probably 30 times so far this episode. But it's very exciting to me. This is, again, the first new project that I've had out in a while. And I'm really happy that it's finally out. And people can see, A, that I was serious about doing a children's album. And B, (laughs) that uh, I just like the song. So that's number one. Uh, I'm going to... Actually, this is just... This is plug time for me. Uh, The other thing, and I'm looking at it right now, and I'm sorry to be so self-serving with these, is uh, (laughs) I don't know how to say this without sounding like a consummate asshole, but there is a graphic novel, uh, a graphic novel about my life that is out or is is available for pre-order. So these guys, Fantoons, wrote Ninja Sex Party Origins, the graphic novel, and (laughs) I have a hardcover copy right in front of me right now. I'm touching it with my bare hands. And it if you read it one way, it's my story as a child through mid-adulthood. And if you read it the other way, it's Dan's story. And in the like you literally flip it over and read it the other way, it's Dan's story. And we meet in the middle. And Wow, so, what the fuck? That's so cool. Wow. It's really cool. It's a hundred and twenty page graphic novel, like fully colored. Uh it's really you know, the pages turn and go one right into the next. Uh, and you can see my childhood and Dan's childhood. And it's it's fucking crazy to have, you know, like my life and Dan's life uh, in this book. And how how long it. has that been uh, right uh, uh, being worked in production? <laughs> like about a year hmm. now. And they're, yeah. they're moving on to part two, which is uh, going to come out probably late this year, early next, I would guess. Although who the hell knows what's happening with anything right now. So yeah, I think you can, I actually think it's available for pre-order now. I'm not even sure. Yeah, that'll be, by the time this goes up, it'll be available. Wow, Uh, congrats to both them and you. Thanks, yeah, it's it's wild. That's wonderful. Thanks. Uh, And my my final peach, and this is a big deal, is I reached the bottom level of the mines in Stardew Valley. Whoa, that was fast. Yeah, well... I've been playing it a lot with Audrey, and she's very excited. We just actually got through our first winter, and so now we have passed one year of game time. 
And uh, in our house, that's a big deal. Wow. I'm so glad you hear that. What's no. what's like Audrey's favorite part of the game? I heard she uh, rage quit on the fishing mini game. She did. She hates the fishing mini game. Uh, it's just not built for five-year-olds. Uh, but she really, let's see, her favorite part is wandering around and following villagers to their homes. She really likes that. Uh, she's very curious about where everybody lives. She really likes our chickens. We have four chickens that mm. she named <laughs> Cutie Pie, Tiny Pie, uh, Season Pie, and Lofto Pie, L-A-F-T-O. Mm. I confirmed the spelling with her. I don't know what it means. Neither does she, but she likes the sound of it. So we have a coop of four chickens, and she really likes feeding them hay and picking up their eggs uh, in the morning and then making mayonnaise yeah. out of the eggs. Yeah, It's very satisfying. She also really likes the community center. She's very excited by the community center. And, oh, we repaired the mine carts, which is a big deal. Nice, so, nice, nice. Yeah, that uh, makes it so you're a little less prone to passing out and losing all your shit. Indeed. Uh, so I got, we, we passed out in the mines a couple times, uh, not from exhaustion, but from health-related reasons. So, uh, and lost some pretty cool shit. But, uh, yeah, so, but she, she really likes the game. We've actually not been getting as far, far in Animal Crossing because we spent so much time in Stardew Valley. I that that's fair though. I think Animal Crossing is more of a marathon. Like you check in on it, play a little bit, you leave. Stardew Valley is the real like, let me shotgun three seasons in a day kind of deal. Yep, exactly. Cool. Uh, Layton, what about you? Uh, Flula, share your features. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure. punting because I did not think about this. Brian, so this is a. What are you playing? A game about child labor? I didn't understand. You are, what? Yes, actually, that's that's one hundred. It is a game where you are a farmer mm. and you grow and harvest crops and occasionally go to the mines to work harvesting ore and gems. Ah, got it. So yes, it is one hundred percent child labor, with the asterisk that the child does not get paid. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Great, w- yeah. wonderful. I subscribe. Um, it's fun. Great. Uh, okay, Peaches, very quick. Uh, I have a, a unicorn who I have been raising for the last few weeks in my house, and I cannot find him. His name is Rodney. Um, so just I love Rodney. So just a shout to if someone sees Rodney or can locate Rodney, please let me know. Uh, he has run Great. away, and he's magical, so who knows what has happened. So that's number one. Number two. Um, I'm happy about mathematics because this is a strange time. So it's fun to solve problems and know that I'm correct and everyone can shut it. So that's very fun. Uh, and then I've, we have already spoken about books, but I, I will, you know what, Brian, if you enjoy plugging, I will plug as well some holes. Yeah, do it, um, please. Some yes. German lessons, of course, but I have an audiobook called Wanderlust USA. You oh, can, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, go, right, right. Go grab it. I travel around America and meet some interesting people. It's on Audible. It takes one point or credit or hoop or basket or whatever people's use. So go grab it. Okay. And we will... Uh, Tweet that on the late night account as well. You do not yes, need to absolutely. do this. You do not well, we, need to. We want to, oh, and we okay. will. I know okay. we don't need to, but we're going yeah. to. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Now I punt my face to Leighton now for you, Peaches. Wow. Thank you. Um, mm. First, Peach is been playing a lot of uh, Dead by Daylight with the twerp boys. Um, we all just get on call and drink and kill each other in custom matches and jump scare each other. So there's a lot of screaming. Um, 
<clears throat> it's just nice to to do some games with some friends and feel close by hanging each other on hooks. Very fun, very wholesome. Um, Second Peach is was really excited to watch Altered States yesterday, just because it just anytime I watch something that has really really fun like original image making in it, it's very inspirational to me. Like I love surreal movies and uh, you know just trippy drug sequences, especially from the eighties. Like that has a very distinct feel to it. Anyway, very inspiring. Always excited to be inspired. Uh, third Peach is. I've eaten steak for dinner like three nights in a row. Wow. Just feeling really pleased about that one. I, I bought like a huge pack of them and I'm like, well, I might as well. Fuck it. I've been yeah. eating beans out of a can for a while. Let's let's <laughs> switch the opposite end of the spectrum here. Nice. So yeah, those are my peaches. Awesome. I'm, I'm well fed. That's great. I like it. We are eat, we're doing steak tonight as well for a Ooh. little birthday dinner. Yeah. Ooh. Oh yes. Yeah. I hope there were did you did you get a present? I d oh. I did. This is really cute. Are you ready for this? This actually should have been one of my peaches rather than the completely self-serving ones, but what the fuck, whatever. Uh, so Rachel and Audrey, um, well, I, I went to walk into, uh, two days ago, went to walk into my bedroom and the door was closed and I opened it and I got, I had two people scream at me the phrase, didn't you see the sign? And then I looked on the door <laughs> And in little kid handwriting, it said, please knock in a, it was basically illegible, yeah. but it did say, please knock. Also, I just didn't see it. Uh, and they were hard at work on a, a very sweet uh, 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 birthday present, which is they took, so when Audrey was a baby, I had this ratty, like blue robe, dark blue robe that I was used to wear. And she would, you know, fall asleep on me while wearing this robe. And so this robe is just covered throughout, through, for, uh, for many years of baby drool and various other fluids that came out of the baby. Uh, and was this, you know, this thing I would just like wear all the time when I was hanging out with her and she was sleeping. And it recently got so old and disgusting that it was no longer wearable. Uh, just holes everywhere. And Rachel and Audrey took the robe, which I thought I had thrown out, but I guess I didn't. Uh, they took the robe and they made a little frame, they, a picture frame. They took a picture of me in the robe with a sleeping baby on my chest uh, and framed it with the belt of the robe around it. So it's like this little picture frame of, uh, of Audrey as a baby with the, the robe as kind of the border. And Rachel converted the rest of the robe into an apron for me to wear while I'm cooking. That's so sweet. Wow. It was so sweet. And Audrey drew a little card that said, happy birthday, daddy, and had a picture of me and her. And she's handing me a present. And we're in a heart that she's drawn. And next to us is a giant blue robot that's <laughs> saying happy birthday because... She said, Daddy, I, I know you like robots, so I drew you a robot. Oh. And on the back of the card is a crayon rainbow, and it's all very, very sweet. It's very cute. That sounds like a perfect birthday. Yes. It was great. It's honestly like, you know, I, I never really want, you know, Rachel always said, what, what do you want for your birthday, Christmas? I, I don't really care. I don't need gifts or anything. Um, and this is so much better than anything she they could have like bought or whatever it's just a really sweet heartfelt 
gift from from both of them. Uh, especially, you know what? I'm going to give Rachel most of the credit here uh, because she's the adult and Audrey is five. So Rachel did the bulk of the planning and the work, and Audrey happily went along with it. But it was really, it was really a sweet gift. Yeah, I like it. So, I was going to say they also made me a cake that uh, Audrey put <laughs> Super Mario stickers all over. Oh wow! Are you gonna? Did you eat the stickers? No, we took them off. Oh, why not? <laughs> she wanted to. She yeah. wanted to try. They were from one of her Mario like coloring sticker books. Oh right, she was showing me so. that. She was trying to get me to um, draw Luigi with her the last time that I got to see her in person. Big Mario fan. Uh, yeah, Flula, thank you so much for being with us here today, uh, virtually, and hanging out and answering questions. It's been super lovely to actually get to chat with you. Um, where can people find you on all the silly social medias and such? Uh, who cares? Uh, but I will be outside <laughs> of the Trader Joe's uh, near to Santa Monica Boulevard and La Brea. There is a parking lot still there. It's empty. And I will be selling uh, my uh, black. I have some organic black beans. I purchased too many cans. And I will be in that parking lot. Great. Yeah. I'll see you there. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Great. This is the end of the podcast. Oh. End of podcast. Okay. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Leighton Night is produced by Brian Wecht and Leighton Gray. Please follow us on Twitter at Leighton Night, on Instagram at Leighton underscore Night, and you can email us at LeightonKnight at gmail.com. <laughs>